Another episode of 360 Degrees, bringing you the news you can use so you won't lose. Merck, Odie, and finally, after a long hiatus, hiatus, F. Christopher Blue, do your thing. We're going to start <laughs> with the all almighty queen, not Queen Bay, but Queen O. O, do your thing. Well, thank you very much. What a lovely intro. Good day, everyone. Normally, I say good morning, but yeah, it's it's afternoon. <laughs> Actually, Labor Day. Uh, I had a good, safe time at, as much as I could be, at uh, Made in America this weekend. So no, there was no way that I was going to be able to record on a Sunday, but I'm glad to be here today. Um. And I wanted to talk about, since this was a weekend of music, talk talk about the music that came out between last weekend and this weekend, um, and also how Little Nas X somehow ties into this. Um, but while, while my mind is here real quick, with the intro you gave me, you said, welcome Queen O. Do you guys know who Queen Naja is? I think I heard a name before, but don't quote me. I do. She you just heard fine me talk about as her on this show. She looks so good, and she can sing good too, y'all. She is. She is very pretty, um, and she has a great voice. Uh, she's definitely an R and B singer. And there was like you probably heard me talk about like the drama with her baby daddy on this show. I might have talked about it. I'm not really sure, um, <clears throat> but she's in a different relationship now. She seems to be happy. Baby daddy's still problematic, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> recently she actually uh said that she was gonna she's thinking about changing the spelling of her name because you know her artist name is queen naja and but it's spelled n-a-i-j-a and if you know anything about nigerian people that's what they call themselves they're naja people so she she said that it causes confusion people think that she's calling her that she's referring to herself as the queen of nigeria so she said she she's thinking about changing it to n-a-j-a-h same uh, pronunciation, but clearly a different spelling, different meaning there. Um, I don't know if you if that's how your name was spelled though. I don't I don't know that I'd be well, opening. Well, put it like spelling with, bit, I mean, would you? her her being a public figure that might not be such a bad idea. If it was just like if he's just an ordinary person, that's one thing. But being a public figure and then having that type of confusion, I mean, I'm pretty sure she hasn't run into any trouble on it yet, but. It still might not be such a bad idea. I would change Queen instead of Q U E E N to K W E E N. Hmm. Why that melon? Like, I guess because it's just a different spelling. Oh, oh you mean just just leave I'm her not- name as is and then just change the first part? Well, you know whose name used to get on my nerves and she took pe- pretty much everybody's advice. It was like, bitch, you're tone deaf. Like, stop that. And um, I actually saw her at uh, the Made in America Festival this weekend. Uh, <clears throat> Mulatto. She now goes by Big Lotto. She just dropped the moo, the moo part. <laughs> so she's no longer Mulatto. Um, I guess she called herself back because she was light-skinned, but that used to really irritate me. I hated that name. And now she just goes by Big Lotto, and it's perfectly fine because even though I still know technically, it's kind of like, uh, what's, what's, some, what's that country group that changed her name? Um, L- L- uh, Lady Antebellum. Lady Antebellum. Uh, you know, whatever. They go by Lady A now, even though that's still problematic just because of the Black woman who's already been performing under that name. Um, but at least it's the A can kind of be what you make it. And frankly, she could have changed it to L O T T O instead of L A T T O, but whatever. Um, mulatto or big lotto, but I mean, I appreciate people being, uh, I guess, aware of what their fans are calling for. So I'm not mad at any of it. 
don't know. That oh, name, oh, name, name Big Lotto, it just doesn't really appeal to me. It makes it seem like if I didn't know who she was, I figured she was like a 350 pound rapper from Houston with a name like Big Lotto. I like the fact, I like the, the, the use of Lotto here. Like, you ain't got to be big. <laughs> like, like it's, it's her attitude. It's her personality that's big. So I'm not even mad at it. Um, but like I said, we on the topic of music and I think we talked about, we definitely talked about like the whole, um, thing with Kanye West's album and it being released, not released, rumored to be released. Maybe there'll be released the same weekend as Drake. Um, and what we saw is that it randomly got released on a Sunday morning about two weeks ago or a week ago. No, it's been a week. Um, because this past Friday, Drake's album came out. So they didn't go quite head to head, but people were, we knew people were going to be comparing numbers because there was some drama that went on. I'm still not sure about that story. Like, it sounds crazy as hell, but what ended up happening is Kanye doxed them by putting his address out on the internet for people to see. Um, really? Drake responded with a laughing, unbothered thing. Um, but yeah, Kanye's album got released. It's It's gotten pretty consistent view, reviews from his fans. Um, people like it. I have not listened to, frankly, either project. Uh, just uh, the certified lover boy, I feel like I can wait on as well. Like radio is gonna, they're gonna pick and choose a single anyway and play them to death. So eventually, I will hear um, certified lover boy. Um, so I'm not really worried about that. So tough. But one thing, I the the there was one song that I heard off the Drake album called um, Fair Trade. I liked it, but it sounded familiar, like a lot of other Drake songs. Like <laughs> it's just like okay, like he well the um, one single he got I'm too sexy bites off a right head Fred and he uses um some um John Travolta movie moves on it. It's a crazy video. Um and you know, like I said, they say Drake is good at emulating, good at mimicking the styles, good at like he doesn't have his own voice, he's basically just mimics whatever is hot or what's going to trend you know what I mean okay so this is a review I kind of I um so I posted on a random friends list um <laughs> the man goes starts opens with a lot of people ask my thoughts on the Drake on the Drake album this weekend and I didn't want to say anything because I try to avoid critiques of other artists and because I know Drake Drake fans are going to attack but here it goes now, also, too, I don't know who this person is, so I don't know why he said that. Like, a lot of people ask him his thoughts, but whatever. Maybe he raps or something. I don't know. Um, he said, one of the guiding principles I use as a creative came from North Carolina's own... Okay, so he's a creative there. Answer that, that answers that question. Came from NC's own Fonte, and that went on something like this. I'm only making an album if I have something different to say than I said on my last album. This Drake album feels like the opposite of that. He's 35, making the same content he made at 25. The themes are largely the same facts. The production feels the same. If I turned it down, I can't tell the difference between this album and any other Drake album. That said, it's a formula that works for him. And I don't think his core fans are going to, and I, and I think his core fans are going to love the album. I'm just not the same person I was 10 years ago, not interested in the same shit I was 10 years ago. So I like to see my favorite artists also evolve. That's why I love the Nas album so much. And also why Jay-Z is the greatest of all time. And music and their themes evolve with them. Jay-Z is 51, rapping about 51-year-old shit. At minimum, that's why Kanye's album is better to me. Yeah, he's evolving. And whether we like that evolution or not, he, he ain't going to try to make another college dropout album at 45. Drake's album feels uninspired. Um, he, he goes on to like give his thoughts on like some of the some specific singles, but that was like the epitome of what I felt. Again, not even listening to Kanye's album, but more like his feedback on the Drake part of things because I haven't listened to Kanye's album, The Donda. So that's how I feel about that. I don't know. Have you guys 
listen to either one? No. I just listened to that one track I was just mentioning earlier, the um, I'm Too Sexy track. And it's all right. You know what I'm saying? It's, like he says, it's just typical Drake. It's good. Yeah. It's definitely gonna. It's, gonna, it's definitely gonna be a summer hit. Well, it's not summer no more. A fall hit. Yeah, you know, I mean, what you meant about like uh, about artists evolving, you know, and I think that's why. I mean, it's hit or miss because some rappers try to. It's a difference between evolving and going with trends, because when you see rappers like from like my rappers, my generation from the '90s. When they try and go with the trends, they just fall off like just like that. Like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, you got people like either like Young MC talked about how they wanted to start doing gangster rap. And Young MC, the dude that did bust the move, he was like, I don't do gangster rap. And then next thing you know, he gets dropped from his label, you know, or they try and go hard and then it just sounds ridiculous, you know, because they were, they were like, mm. that's not like, that's not you. But evolving, it's a it's a different art form, and and I think that I mean you figure Kanye went from the stuff he does now he has songs like Jesus is King and stuff like that. You know he's doing gospel albums because he's evolving. You know I mean I listened to a group called uh, Tool. Their first album came out in '92, and if you listened and then their well their EP came out in '92. Their first album came out in '93, and the last album that they released was in 2019 after like a long hiatus. You know, like a 13 year hiatus almost, they released an album, you know, and if you put those two albums side by side, they don't really sound anything alike. You know, they're both still good, but, you know, you're talking about a span of almost 30 years. You know, you can't make the same music that you did 30 years ago and expect people to still be on board. I don't know, man. I heard this new ABBA album, ABBA, and it sounds just as good as it did 40 years ago. It was phenomenal. What, something, again, new, ABBA? Something, something brand new from ABBA? Yeah, they got a whole new album out. Oh, jeez. And that shit sounds wow. just as good. And that's 40 years after the last one. 40. 4-0. Some of us wasn't even alive yet, mm-hmm. Odie. <laughs> yeah. Bro. I got to actually listen to it because, you know, I I was doing this thing where I've been listening to all these Spotify, like top hits of year X. And I started with 1970 and I'm up to 1983, I think. So, you know, going through all those hits, I I got to hear all those ABBA songs, like all the hits and even stuff that I had never heard before from ABBA from back in the days. And they knew how to make good pop records, you know? So I'm actually curious to see what they're, what they're doing now in 2021. But I mean, like you said, though, Odie, if it works for Drake, if, you, if it helps him sell records to do the same shit he did 10 years ago, let him make his money. You know, I'm not worried about it because here's the thing. I'm not listening to it. <laughs> so I have no say in it, really. You know, I can't, I, I've never listened to it. I've heard some Drake songs, but I've never like sat down and listened to a Drake album from start to finish. Like that's never happened in the history of my life. And it never and it never will. I'm just not a fan, you know. Well, my favorite is Take Care. So my whole thing is like, if I want that, if I want, if I want to hear Drake, then that's the album I listen to because that is quintessential Drake. You get a little sing-songy, you get a couple good verses, and then the album's done. And it's a very cohesive body of work. Like it's, I feel like I'm being taken on a little bit on a journey with that one mm-hmm. um, of a relationship or multiple relationships. Um, but it's just like, I, it really feels uninspired. Like he's just recruiting all the top kids that, that look up to him and want to work with him. So he's like, it's, it's crazy. Cause he's like a trend setter and a ride waiver. So like he gives the blessing to the next big person that's coming up. Um, so he, he has like foresight in that regard. Um, but it's just not. Like, dude, your fans are aging. So I guess, I don't know, maybe that's not his goal. Maybe his goal isn't to be talking to his older fans. His goal is to keep up with the young niggas. I don't know, but either way, I'm okay. (laughs) Well, the money follows the young. So the young people are the ones that consume records. The older ones don't consume records the same way the young ones did. If you think about it, when you were younger, you probably had more ample time to listen to music than what you do currently. Now you listen to more quality music because of less time, right? 
I mean, you're right about, I mean, even, I mean, put it like this, even with, even with, uh, with, with, uh, with young kids nowadays, I mean, and especially with the advent of streaming services, you know, you figure you'll have somebody like, I'll pick a, I'll pick a garbage wrapper. I'll just make one up. We'll just call him little pump. Right. Um, he'll have an album that'll go gold, maybe push platinum, but he'll have like a whole bunch of multi-platinum singles, you know, because I mean, everything is streaming now. I mean, and even if you look at something like, uh, like I'm on Drake's album now on Spotify, I wanted to see who was on it. So he has a song with Kid Cudi, you know, he'll, he'll have a song with Lil Wayne and Rick Ross, right? And he'll have a song with Ty Dolla Sign and 21 Savage and, you know, stuff like that. So like, you know, I already said he's kind of riding that wave, you know, paying homage to the rappers of his generation and then getting the younger, you know, people involved, you know, but it's, you know, I mean, put it like this, at the end of the day, your goal is to sell records. And however you get those records sold, I can't, you know, I, I, I can critique it all day. But if you're pushing those sales and you're getting those number one albums, I can't, I can't really say anything about it. Because you're in the end, you're the one that's making all that money. Mission even if the music is boring and uninspired <laughs> so long as it sells they don't care you know it, it, it you know you know when it'll come out how boring and uninspired drake's newer music is when he's old enough to have a versus battle and then, and then he ends up getting bodied like uh like what you call it did well frankly <laughs> like, I, like, I mean like, he has like, a catalog though i don't know who will go up against him but he has the catalog. I mean, he's been at this for at least 15 years now. To so me, to, to have... He's a, old enough. He's old enough, but to have a good versus battle, you got to have a consistent catalog. You can't just have, like, the first half of your albums being great and then the second half being terrible. Because when you get into that... That's not exactly true, Mark. We've, heard, we've seen pretty example of versus that was able to do that. As you know, out the top of my head, I can only name three total songs. But... Total bodied, what was that group? Um SWV, right? Oh, oh, um no, that was that wasn't that was escape. That's what I meant. I can only name three or four escape songs. I can only name maybe five total uh, five um SWV songs, but they between the two of them, they came up with 40 songs, songs that I, f- I forgot they sung or forgot they were a part of. So it's very possible. Well, like I don't do know about do I don't well. know. The thing, the thing about that battle, though, is, like, SWV had songs that carried weight. Like, I'm sorry, like, it's just, like, no matter what song you put them up against, even though Escape might have performed it better or, like, had a good comeback to it, it's just the, like, the nostalgia, I think, for a lot of us attached to the song. That's how I weighted it. I was just, like, when you get to You're the One and certain songs with them, like, Weak, it was just going to carry more weight even though escape came back they they gave a good battle that was a short that was a short of it they gave a better battle than i expected um but you know what's like the craziest part about this whole drake and kanye thing too is like we all know how unproblematic andre 3000 is and he got in the middle of it um he hasn't been giving us you know new music or doing any features. He's been randomly making like Anita Baker t-shirts or something like that. <laughs> um, and I, it's funny too, because like when uh, when I was leaving Made in America on Saturday, the guys outside were like, get your Made in America t-shirts. And I was like, no, they ain't about to get me ever again in life. Because I remember like buying one of those t-shirts, I think from the Roots Picnic. And as soon as I washed it, like the letters just started crumbling off. I couldn't wear it ever again. Otherwise, all the writing on it would be gone. So I was like, nah, you never buy your, your merch from the guys outside unless you just don't care about it lasting. Um, so I was like, now nah, I'm going to buy like my official merch um, on Sunday. And so that's what I did. And the story kind of goes similar for Andre 3000, except he didn't um, go to a festival. He just like went, he ordered something online. He thought he liked the design of the shirts, but he was just like, Oh, it's um he was like really disappointed in the quality. Um, so he decided to start making his own. So he's minding his business. 
Kanye tapped him for a feature. He listened to the song, sent his verse back. Cool. Um, Drake calls himself leaking the song, but it was a different version than what he'd heard. Um, so he was just like, why the fuck are y'all involving me in this? Like, he didn't use this term, but why are y'all involving me in this Real Housewives of Potomac type bullshit? Uh, all of it, all of it sounds like really uh, catty, really petty. And so, yeah, now Andre 3000 will probably <laughs> not get involved with any other other bullshit like ever again. Basically. You know. Which means we won't hear any music from him. I'm really disappointed in that. And the thing is, it's not that Drake released it on that radio station or whatever you want to call it. There's a number of DJs that's on that shows. And I don't think Drake has that much creative control over the show directly to even manifest such a thing, you dig? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always thought that there was a certain point in time where you made enough money to just be like, nah, I'm not going to get involved in this, you know, or nah, it's not that deep, <laughs> you know. I mean, I don't know Drake's net worth off the top of my head. You know, Kanye, when I looked him up, they said Kanye was worth $1.8 billion. I don't know how much of that is just cash or assets or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't look up Drake's, you know, but I mean, you know, he's a multimillionaire. Easy, you know. I mean, you've put it like this if, if Soldier Boy is worth 30 million, Drake's got to be worth at least 100 million. Now I got to look it up. Well, that's, <laughs> that, is that 30 Boy million paid. according to Drake? I mean, according to Soldier Boy, because Soldier Boy, and is he counting that $4 million or $40 million that he uh, allegedly bought Atari for? <laughs> <laughs> Did he buy Atari? <laughs> no, he claimed that Atari. Oh my God, he claimed that Atari tapped him on the shoulder and said, "Hey, great job with that Soldier Boy video game," which was actually bullshit. I mean, I remember so many people um, complaining about the quality of that game. Way too many people who should have known better not to buy it in the first place because it's fucking Soldier Boy. Uh, the the console cost like three hundred dollars, and people oh. were like. They were like, first of all, it looks like it should have been 30 because it was like one of those handheld consoles, like the little, like the throwback games that you could only play one game on. So it wasn't even a console that you could put like multiple cartridges in. It was like, this is the Cinderella game or, you know what I mean? You remember those games? Like they used to come. Yeah. And so it was like that. And he charged $300 for it. I remember It should have been 30 and, uh, yeah, he said, yeah, Atari allegedly came to him and was like, hey, girl, like, good job um, with that Soldier Boy game. We want to make you the owner. So he gets on Instagram Live and says, I'm the owner of Atari. <laughs> Atari <laughs> gets They're like, no, this is a really exciting job. And they tagged the real CEO. Um, they're just like, no, that's just not it. So then he gets back on Instagram Live and is like, man, fuck y'all. He claims to have a contract, but the it was like a cooperation agreement. I guess he was going to do like some promotion or something for them. And so he said, fuck this contract. Look at the numbers. He provided proof that he was getting paid, but it was basically like stock or something, I guess. But it was like, it was not cash. It was not cash. Maybe when it's converted, that's what it equals. But it was like, it definitely did not make him an owner, a CEO or anything of the sort. Um, so he's he's definitely coked up out of his mind and entertaining us on Instagram Live as a result of this. Yeah, yeah. Drake is worth about $200 million. And he earns about $70 million a year and all his various stuff. They said most of his net worth comes from sales of his various hit songs and albums. So... well. If you base his wealth on the numbers, uh, he had more streams the first two days than Kanye did. But Kanye's numbers has more potential for growth because at least, again, based on the first two days, Kanye's album started at, you know, one set of numbers and then it went up the next day. Drake's started off really, really high and then drastically dropped. Um, the next day. So what that tells me is that people 
you know, they know Drake. They, they're like, okay, I'm going to put this on the back burner and I'm going to go back to Donda because there's more things that are, I guess, a- appeasing to the ear because they've never been heard or lyrically they haven't heard what he's talking about before. You know, Drake is old reliable. You put, you put old reliable back on the shelf. You don't always, you don't listen to that because you're just like, it'll be there. Right. And also, too, I know I'll probably hear it on the radio a billion, a trillion times. Um, so it'll be interesting to see long term how that gamble pays out for his career. Um, I'm going to have to send a picture real quick to the group chat whenever I have a chance just to see if you guys know who this is. Because have you ever like seen somebody you're like, I think that's somebody, but I don't know who that is? Like a celebrity or something? All the time, but it's because it's I'm getting old. So uh, we're out at the festival this weekend. I see uh, multiple like young girls taking a picture. Younger girls. They were women, young women. They were taking pictures with this guy. <laughs> so I was like, well, can you take a picture for me? And I was like, went up to the guy. I was like, oh, can I take a picture? And he was like, sure. So I got to figure out because I looked at the lineup. I was like, he didn't perform here. Um, so I got to tr- try to figure out who he actually is. Um, <laughs> uh, so that was one of my little adventures this weekend. Uh, one of the other things that happened, I did not stay for the Justin Bieber set, um, but Justin Bieber did bring out Chance the Rapper and Wizkid. It's so crazy because I actually forgot about this until um, I was catching up on listening to one of my favorite podcasts and from a couple of weeks ago, and they mentioned that Justin Bieber and Wizkid, who is like a very popular um, Nigerian performer, he does like um, Afrobeats, he had a remix to the song called Essence. Now, Essence is a really, really good song. Like, it's really popular on the radio right now. Um but Justin Bieber was on this fucking remix for some reason. And I'm so, I didn't even listen to it. I know, I know it's trash, but Justin Bieber brought him out during the set. I can only imagine what's going to happen. The next like Afro beats type of festival. Um, I think it's okay to say no sometimes. That's, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Like this is this is just for for us. <laughs> Basically, it's okay to say poopoo sometimes. Uh, yeah, there were a couple of other of appearance, couple of other appearances. Um, not gonna go into, uh, but I do want to segue into something that really really pissed me off. I'm sure it's on your agenda to discuss as well, Merce. But fucking Texas, man. The, the the land that time forgot, basically. I mean, it, it's absolutely... I'm just going to come right out and just say it's ridiculous. And Blue and I were talking about it a little bit before the, uh, you know, during during the, uh, the pre-show, you know. I mean... I say this all the time. If a woman in Boise, Idaho has an abortion, it does not affect my life in the least. Doesn't affect my paycheck, doesn't hurt anybody in my family, you know, because that's the decision between her, her significant other, and whoever else she feels should be involved in that process. But, you know, like I was telling Blue, if you make abortion illegal, it's not going to cut down a number of abortions. It's just going to make them more dangerous. Because if a woman wants an abortion, she's going to get an abortion no matter what. You know, they used to have all these stories back from the 50s about all these women who had uh, back alley abortions, they used to call it. And, mm-hmm. and all the complications and infections and death that happened afterwards, you know. So Roe v. Wade was very important. Now, the only thing that could have really circumvented it is the fact that most politicians and most presidents are cowards. 
and they won't because it's such a hot button topic they're not going to say hey we need to codify this into law so that it can be unbroken they won't do that nobody nobody wants to wants to bear that cross to say they were the president who made abortion legal even though it's the sensible thing to do because nobody is nobody is pro abortion they're just pro choice and the same people who want to protect their own choices are the same ones who want to tell other people especially women what to do so they don't want to wear a mask because that's you know it, it circumvents their freedom they don't want to get vaccinated because of freedom but they will tell a woman hey you know you can't have this abortion and it doesn't even protect in the case of uh, rape or incest only for certain medical emergencies so basically if you get raped and you get pregnant you're just you're just i don't want to be crass about it let's just say it's just unimaginable pain and hurt because now if you live in texas you can't even have it aborted you got to keep it or you know go to another state to have it done which everybody doesn't always have resources like that to just say i'm and then where are you gonna go oklahoma <laughs> they're not gonna they're probably not gonna they're probably trying to pass their own anti-abortion laws it's basically just all a ploy to get people these uh these single issue voters into the voting booth in 2022 on issues that don't matter to get them to vote republican because they're like, well, you know, we care about children. I mean, are they going to give prenatal care to mothers, especially single mothers? Are they going to provide uh, food programs for kids? Are they going to provide extra education nope. for kids? Are they going She'll to close your legs? Um, close your legs, bitch. Basically, basically, you know, they're not going to do any of that stuff. They'll just, they'll just tell you you can't have an abortion because we care about life. Oh, if you're an abortion doctor, we'll just shoot you in, in the parking lot of your abortion clinic because we're pro-life. You know, I mean, like Odie, what have what have you heard about it? Definitely. Um, well, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, like when I got laid off, maybe it was in 2019. I got laid off. I considered moving into Texas, so I actually ended up joining a community because one of my college classmates, um lives there now and so she was like oh you know join the Facebook group there's a lot of good resources you can find out about places to live possibly um you know and just kind of get what the vibe is like and so I was like all right cool um and even though I didn't move to Texas I still really like the group so I still stay a member I still engage and see like kind of what the women are going through so this topic obviously came up and um it's fucking heartbreaking. Like some women are just like, who do I turn to? Like, I mean, luckily it is a, a fairly um, well curated community as far as like the level of trust and the level of gatekeeping that they do to make sure that people invited are actually, you know, women and black women who feel safe in this space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like the bounty though, like it's the bounty part for me where they're like saying, go report. That, this shit is, it's mind blowing. It sounds so, so archaic. <laughs> it's like, when y'all keep saying like, go back to the days of like, are these the days you're talking about? Like co-hanger abortions and giving me Holocaust vibes with like reporting your neighbor. Like if they're storing people or some shit, like what the fuck? Like it literally has nothing to do with you. and. I feel like once you have the idea that not everybody has the same religion as you, you can't use religion to justify it. Because that's the only thing that really justifies not allowing women to have abortions. Well, that's it. That's, but but, but that's abortion, is in, abortion is in the Bible. There's a verse in the Bible about abortion. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll find it and I'll post it in the group chat. But I mean, it's in the Bible. So when they say that, you know, all abortion is not uh, 
legal because it's in the Bible. I'm like, you know, I'm like, no, it's not. There's a, there's a verse in there about abortion about having to drink what they call like the bitter root or something like that to, to abort the baby. I'll have to find it. I don't want to tell lies here, you know, but these people who claim to love the Bible, just like they love the constitution have never read it. You know, they, they never read past the second amendment and they never read past Genesis. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't know shit about the Bible. All they know is the little passages here and there that support their ridiculous bullshit. And that's it. Nothing else. You know, I mean, the Bible is a big book, but I mean, you know, so is a textbook, but I have to know most of it to pass a class. You know what I mean? So this whole notion of knowing what two, three verses in the Bible and then thinking that you're a, you're a, you're a theologist and that you could dictate to other people, like, I don't follow your fucking religion. So your religion has nothing to do with me. And this is not a Christian nation. It's a secular nation. It just happens to be filled with goofy ass Christians. Now, I'm not trying to crack on Christians. I'm just worried about the, 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 the evangelicals, the far right ones. Most of my friends are Christians and they're perfectly fine. You know, and then they, they, they vary in dedication to go to church every Sunday to go to church on Easter and Christmas. You know, they, they, they vary in, 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 but they're, but none of them are fanatics, you know, they're not crazy fanatical people. And these people who are making these laws, they're not, the people who are making the laws are not crazy fanatical people. They're taking advantage of the crazy fanatical people. Because here's the thing, when their mistress gets pregnant, do you think she's going to keep that mm. baby? Hell no. Yep. He's getting an abortion faster than you could say get in a car. So this whole a lot of women don't even basically the the way the body works anyway. It's like these motherfuckers. I'll give them um, credit for being crafty and very persistent because what they the Constitution or excuse me the Supreme Court never specified like they basically said Roe v. Wade is a thing. Like you can have abortions, uh, but they never specified the state level cutoff so some states you can do up to they just said like i think viable when life like like they left it so vague that we can use like when life is detected so okay life is detected usually at six weeks but then you put it at like six weeks so usually a woman doesn't even know that she's pregnant till about six weeks because she has to miss the period right I, I, I read up on that. They're crafty as fuck. The, the, the whole six week thing, because like I said, I'm not a woman, I don't know, you know? But I mean, there are some women who do have, and Oda, you can confirm or deny this, some women who have like late periods. So mm-hmm. even after six weeks, they may not worry. Like, okay, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, my come. shit is doing the same that it always does. Yeah. And it may not be until two weeks after that or three weeks after that where they're like, uh-oh, you know? I may need to take a pregnancy test. So the, the six-week thing is just, you could tell a man wrote that because a woman would never say six weeks unless she was really, really guzzling that Kool-Aid, you know, that Republican Kool-Aid. It's, it's you know, and then the whole bounty thing, right? Basically, they shouldn't just pay you. I mean, because the bounty's what, $10,000? Why don't they just pay... I mean, if they're biblical, why not, why not just pay 30 pieces of silver and just be done with it? If you're going to turn in your neighbors for money, that just shows the level of disgustingness that, that are in these people who are just going to turn in their neighbors and their loved ones for money. For a lousy Well, shout out to GoDaddy for deciding they're going to go ahead and shut down that domain. Uh, GoDaddy cuts off whistleblowing website. That snitches on people for bi- violating the Texas uh, abortion law. So shout out to GoDaddy for that, at least. Um, but I don't know how sustainable that can be or will be. It's fucking trash. I mean, and Uber, uh, of course, the short, I, I think I tagged you in a post, though, uh, last week, basically said, God forbid, uh, rapist rapes a woman she doesn't want to have the baby tries to get an abortion he reports her and now she's forced to carry his baby 
and he gets $10,000, which he could use to post his bail when he goes to prison for rape. But then again, in Texas, Great rape point. is probably just a misdemeanor. It's probably like, like the same as a parking ticket out there. I mean, I, I don't really think much of Texas as far as, I mean, it's, it's a shithole state. They're just like, oh, Florida? Oh, okay. We got something for Florida. <laughs> I was joking with uh, my sister yesterday. I, I got a chance to talk to her after a long while. She was talking about her experience living in Florida for a couple of months. You know, she talked about the weather. I'm like, the weather's only good for one thing in Florida, alligators. And that's it. Florida, it's not meant to, for people to live in. But as, as bad as Florida can be, Texas is just trying to take that crown. They're just like, look, we, we're the worst state in the union. Fuck Florida. It's us. We're, we're, we're history's greatest monsters, not Florida. And, and the fact that their federal judges haven't uh, shit all over this is just living proof of that. You know, the Supreme Court. Now, one thing, one thing I want to clarify about the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court did not rule in favor of this law. The Supreme Court, uh, when they had their, uh, their ruling, the, the, the five to four ruling, it was whether to take it up or not. So in other words, they vote on these cases that they want to look at, and they voted against even looking at it. So they're not getting involved at all. Because nobody wants their name on that. Nobody, why do you think Mitch McConnell, why do you think all these bills die in the Senate before they even make it to a vote? Because they don't want, he doesn't want his people's names voting against stuff that's going to help people. Because it's all on record. You could just look up people's voting records. You think uh, Amy Coney Barrett and Gorsuch and uh, Sippy Tippy, uh, you know, Tipsy McStagger, whatever the fuck his name is, uh, the drunk judge. You think that they basically, you think they want their put their names on that piece of shit? Hell no. Mm-hmm. So, they, so they voted not to even vote on it. So it's it's absolutely now the one if you're if there's one thing that can make me smile in this whole thing, you know, not you know, as far as the women goes, but a, a story that I saw earlier today that made me smile. This is from, uh, this is from The Independent. Purportedly, in, this, in the name of religious freedom, the satanic temple has hit back hard against the state's recent institution of draconian anti-abortion laws. The Massachusetts-based <laughs> religious group has filed a letter with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to make the case that abortion is the faith-based right of its members. The Satanic Temple argued that under the Religious Freedom rituals, its members should be allowed to access abortion pills without regulatory action. Satanic Temple spokesperson Lucian, Lucian Greaves, I wonder if that's really his real name, said in a statement, I am sure Texas Attorney, uh, Texas Attorney Ah, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who famously spends a good deal of his time composing press releases about religious liberty issues in other states, will be proud to see that Texas's robust religious liberty laws, which he so vociferously champions, will prevent future abortion rituals from being interrupted by superfluous government restrictions meant only to shame and harass those seeking an abortion. So this abortion law is so draconian. The Satanists were like, what the fuck is going on here? We got to do something about this. The Satanists, when the Satanists are more reasonable than the Christians, at least the right-wing Christians. That's crazy. That's absolute insanity, and it's also kind of funny. I hope they win, because you know why? All they got to do is just convert to Satan. Hail Satan. And then they could just live their lives as they see fit. And can't do nothing about it. When he mentioned, like, even if an Uber driver drives you to the clinic, they will uh, sue the Uber driver. Uber was Uber and Lyft were like, "Hey, if that happens, we'll just pay your legal fees. Fuck them." You know, I mean, you somebody had a somebody had a quote, and I believe in this a hundred percent. They said, "If you are only for democracy, 
only when it goes your way, you're not really for democracy. And that's that's just the long and short of it, you know. But it's all some bullshit. And I can't wait to move to Houston this summer. <laughs> Even though I have no intention of ever moving to Texas, I do think that the people that had that same energy, I don't know what like like how Texas gets their money as far as like companies, you know, like how RDU is known for having a lot of tech companies here, medicine companies, stuff like that. But if I guess maybe South by Southwest, they need to pull the same shit, like have that same energy that like the NBA all-star weekend had whenever HB2 became a thing, because it's this, this gives me that like y'all need to pull your coins out of the state of Texas and hit them, hit them in the pocketbook. There are some people, a lot of, well, and there's a guy who I follow on, um, he has a channel called um, Dead Meat, which is basically a a horror YouTube channel. So he and his wife were supposed to be in Texas for a horror festival and he pulled out of it. Now this was before this abortion bill passed. He and his wife didn't go because of how they're handling uh, COVID-19. So his wife, even though they're both vaccinated, his wife is high risk. So he said being in, a, being in a big building with a whole bunch of unvaccinated, unmasked people, he said it just wouldn't be a good idea. So they, they, they pulled out of it, you know? So now you figure, now to your point, Odie, I, I think that some of these companies be, that they don't really want that smoke just yet, I think they're probably waiting to see, and this is just strictly my opinion, I'm basing this on nothing, okay? They're probably waiting to see if a federal judge, not if the Supreme Court's not getting involved. So since they voted to not get involved, if a federal judge strikes it down, there's nowhere left for it to go. Because usually it just keeps going up and up until it gets the Supreme Court. Supreme Court has already said, we're not touching this. So if a federal judge, if a panel of federal judges steps in, and they say, well, this is bullshit. It's dead. Now, the energy is already out there for the voters, but at least the women will be safe to make, to make their own choices. But I'll put it like this. If I, owned, if I owned a huge corporation, that's what I would do. I'd wait a bit. Let's see what the, I don't want to put it out there that we're going to pull out and then the federal judges strike it down anyway. Let's give it a few weeks. Let's see what the federal judges do. And if they strike it down, then it's just business as usual. But if they, but if the federal judges rule in the legislature's favor, that's a different matter altogether. Then that's the point where I I would say- I don't think that happened though. I don't think, I think the HV2 shit was pretty swift. That shit was so swift. Like it didn't happen. It didn't have to go up the chain. It didn't, I, I distinctly remember that because that's kind of what made them, I guess, voluntarily get that shit together. Not so a, I, I still think the people, the people are in the driver's seat. It didn't have to go that far because All-Star, I think that HB2 shit popped off in like the summertime or something. Right. I remember the weather was warm. That's my point. And the following February is when All-Star Weekend was supposed to happen. So it didn't take years. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was a very quick turnaround. Swift shit. Like, yo, that's fucked up. We're not doing business there. We were going to do that. And South by Southwest is big enough. Like, you know this is about to be some fuckery. Like, call that shit off. Period. Like, and then and then once somebody big does it, the rest will follow. So it's it's a thing. Like, and then All Star, it came. It just was postponed. It eventually came. Yeah. So, but you know who can't have who can't have babies? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Men like men like Lil Nas X, but he loves trolling people. I don't understand the uh, 
I wanted to bring this up real quick because I thought this was funny too in the midst of all the Drake and Kanye stuff. So with the release of this album, I think the cover of Drake's certified lover boy album is a bunch of pregnant women emojis in different colors and different ages or whatever, hmm. um, different tones. <laughs> so Lil Nas X said that his album comes out September 17th. And so he did a, a maternity photo shoot and he put pregnant men emojis because now that's a thing on, um, I think Apple has that emoji. I'm not sure that mine has that yet, but pregnant men emojis is a thing. And so he did what he does. He promoted, he trolled. Um, he said, I'm pregnant with this labor of love and he's going to give birth to his album on September 17th. Um, all of a sudden, I didn't tell you guys this, but I actually saw Donnell Rollins um, last Sunday, I think. I have free tickets to see his show. So he has like this bit where he goes on quite a bit for like about gay people. And he talks about how his brother's gay. Um, and then he had like some good, like some typical like black people, white people jokes. Um, there was one bit that was pretty funny about that where he was talking about rescue dogs and shit and in any case um i thought it was kind of interesting that he went on to talk about like Lil Nas X for so long and um Lil Nas X comes up uh this week obviously Donald Rollins and stark contrast to the show I saw saying that he was supportive of LGBT people he was just like talking shit, like, oh, I don't know what to tell my son. Him and uh, Peter Thomas was talking about his grandkids. He's the ex-husband of Cynthia on Real Housewives of Atlanta. They went off on a tangent about how they don't know how to tell their sons. Meanwhile, growing up, I remember that movie, Junior, with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Nigga had a baby. That was the whole purpose of the movie. Um, it's just like... Don't act like this is brand new. And second of all, uh, Lil Nas X's response, I think, was spot on. He basically said, hey, gay people with your chest, stop hiding behind your little kids saying that, uh, you know, you don't know what to tell them and all this other stuff. I am not responsible for your children. I did one little, you know, free concert at my elementary school three years ago. Y'all not trying to let that go. Um, Drake is promoting the same stuff he's been promoting, which is having sex with models and strippers. Um, And then that's it. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like the behavior is toxic and should not be encouraged, but y'all just encourage that behavior because he's straight. Um, And, and frankly, it's getting, it's all getting old. It's all getting very old. Pretty much. Pretty much. But that was entertaining to watch Lil Nas X troll people. Yeah. I don't want to get mad but, at oh, that's, it. That's all I had. That's all I really wanted to talk about. I know I like dominated a lot of our time. I can't believe we've been talking as long as we have been. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted to talk about. I got, I got only one thing before we wrap up because we're almost out of time here. Almost out of time? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and keep it short, Blue. I, you know, I don't understand Candace Owens at all because she, she married a, a rich businessman who just happens to be the leader of like the, 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 the British version of the company that she works for at a turning point USA, you know, and then yet when I called her a bedwench, she got mad at me, Meh. but um, her husband is worth $180 million. Guess what? The grift is over. You've won. You married a rich dude. Why are you still out here grifting? And I was like, wait. So you really know believe- people like to be famous. People yeah. like to be famous. It's weird. And I was like, she doesn't really believe this stupid horseshit she's peddling, does she? Because that's what got Glenn Beck fired. Well, okay. Glenn Beck didn't get fired because he believed his own horseshit. It's because his ratings started going down and he believed his own horseshit. Why do you think that Tucker Carlson didn't get fired yet because he believes his team. I mean, Tucker Carlson is as is, is racist. He's racist to his bone marrow, but he gets, he's the highest rated person on Fox News. That's why he has all these shows on Fox News because he gets the ratings. So he could just say 
just overtly racist Hitler type stuff. And so long as people have watched, as long as the ratings happen, he's gonna he's gonna keep going. You know, like with Candace, the grift is done. Why are you still grifting? Like, do you really believe this dumb horseshit? You know, and to me, Candace has the personality of like a bag of lettuce. Like she's not at least at least Alex Jones is entertaining in a in a, a psychopath sort of way. You know, Alex Jones is like watching somebody on like on Angel Dust, like act up in the street. Like that's his entertainment factor. It's sad, but you still can't look away. But Candace is just like, man, 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 man. Her, Laura Ingram is boring as hell. At least Janine Pirro, like she's like the old dirty bastard of the crew because she's drunk all the time. So she's kind of entertaining to watch. You know, at least she has, at least she has some life to it. But anyway, uh, Candace is also a major liar. You know, she lies all the time. So basically, Candace Owens had a tweet. She said, holy crap, I just received an email from a COVID testing facility that they are refusing to administer a test to me because they don't like my politics. Insane. She wrote that in all caps. I'm banned from making sure I don't accidentally spread COVID, going live with the email on Instagram in 10 minutes. And I'm just like, and then supposedly she posted an email from this testing center in, uh, in Colorado, I think it is, from someone named Suzanne Lee. <clears throat> and she says, I've just learned of this testings, of the testing request. And as the owner of this business, I'm gonna refuse this booking and deny service. We cannot support anyone who has proactively worked to make this pandemic worse by spreading misinformation politicizing and discouraging the wearing of masks and actively dissuading people from receiving life-saving vaccinations. The only other local testing option is the free kiosk by City Hall. They mail their test to Texas and have an inconsistent uh, result times and they do not take appointments. So it is walk-in only midday weekdays in their back alley. And then she says, my team and myself have worked overtime to exhaustion, unpaid and underpaid this past year, spending our own capital to ensure that our community remains protected. It would be unfair to them and to the sacrifices we have all made this year to serve you. Now, the first thing I thought, oh my God, this letter's fucking fake. But uh, Newsweek backed it up that it was real. They reached out to the, to the center. So they didn't say what, what they said, but they certified that it wasn't it wasn't that it was an actual email. Now she did redact a lot of stuff, you know, in the subject of the email because this happened, I guess, August thirty first is when she got that uh, got that email. And some people were and Candace Owens was like, I can't believe they denied me service. I'm like, I do because a lot of people are dying over this, and you're making money on the grift. And they were just like, you know what? can't do it. You know, you're making our lives miserable and you're making the country a worse place to live. Now, it's not just her, of course. It's the entire Fox News crowd, uh, Newsmax, OAN, all these other places. TruthEagle.net, you know, all these goofy uh, conspiracy websites who are saying, hey, there's, uh, you know, there's dead babies in the vaccine. It goes against my religion and all this other mess, you know. And I was just like, Candace could have gone anywhere. Her husband's worth $180 million. Why is she going to a private testing facility? Why not just pay somebody to come over and give you the test? You're filthy stinking. Well, maybe that's what they do as part of that private testing facility. Maybe. I think that's probably what it was. That's like, that's what she was trying to go for, but they just put her ass on blast. Now, I have mixed feelings about this, though. Like, I, far be it from me to agree with this bitch, but um, I did not understand that. Like, bitch, do you, do you want us to be in this or out of it? At the end of the day, like, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us um, to get out of this. I don't think that 
I don't know. Like, also, too, like, with this being a private, I just, ethically, I cannot, I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't want somebody, let's just, like, like for all intents and purposes, let's just say this was, like, STD testing. And she's trying to go to a facility to get tested for an STD test. And then uh, she has talked shit about said STD in the past. And now she's coming into the clinic for (laughs) possibly, you know, wanting to get tested for the same STD that she has talked shit about. It's like, (laughs) yeah, it's fucked up, but it's like, and it, and it it definitely hurt people historically, but like we're in the present now. So sometimes people learn shit, and it's just like, and ethically too. Like, why are you blasting that this bitch ha- might have an STD? You know what I mean? Like when you go to that example, and it's just like I don't like that at all. I don't think it was professional. Like your personal feelings, even though they are rooted in facts, because this bitch has been terrible over the past year and a half. But now is not the time for that. <laughs> like it's not the time for that. You pulled the you you your time was terrible, man. I don't agree with this at all. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I, Even I, though I, she is terrible. You know what? I agree with it just because it's Candace, and I'm very biased on this because I I despise Candace Owens with every fiber of my being. So I'm very biased on this. Is it is it the professional thing to do? Not really. No. I I agree with you on that, you know, because, you know, if your business is, you know, uh, health and well-being of people, then they should have still tested her. But I understand the frustration and I understand the anger. You know, my niece is in uh, in healthcare. You know, she was an EMT and now she works in the hospital because now she's got three kids. So EMT hours are not good for raising kids. I mean, her her oldest kid is like six and her youngest is like, what, four months. So yeah, being an EMT driver, that's not going to work. So she works in a hospital and she is just, you know, I, I know a few people who are nurses and they are, they're not having a good time. You know, they just see death all the time and death from people who are just denying it all the way. You know, like they're breathing their last breath and they're like, I don't have COVID. And I'm not just making up to be to be funny. They're really like denying that they have COVID the entire time. One lady wrote in an Instagram post, I think it was Instagram, where she was telling this person he was dying. And she was telling him, look, you have to call your family because this is going to be it for you. You're not going to make it till the morning. And he was just like, no, I'm good. And then he died, you know, it's, it's a, it's ridiculous. Like people are angry at the people who are actively not wanting to get vaccinated, not wanting to wear a mask. And then when, when they get sick, they got to take care of them because they're literally doing it to themselves. So do I, do I think it was the right thing for her to do? Not really. No. Do I understand it? Absolutely. I do. Would I have made the same choice if I was in her shoes? I don't know. I really don't. I, I can't say for certainty if I would have just denied Candace Owens service or not, you know, all depending. But I don't I understand where she's coming from, even though I don't 100 percent agree. And, and besides, it's not like if she denies her service, she's never going to get tested. I'm pretty sure she got tested right after that because she's rich. And she could just get tested whenever and wherever, you know? So it's not like if she denied her that she's never going to get tested, you know? That's just my thing. I I hate to end on a very sad note, but it just came Mm -hmm. across my feed just now about Michael Williams, uh, who who played Omar on The Wire. He uh, he passed away today. He was uh, 54 years old. So I don't know how he died. They didn't. I we didn't get that far yet. But uh, supposedly a heroin overdose. Was it? Well, I don't. Wow. 
I didn't realize it either. And we do know he was 54. He found in his apartment by his nephew. That's what we do know. Yeah. So prayers go out to go out to his family, you know. But um, Blue, what are you, what are your final thoughts? Ooh, don't do heroin. You know what? I, I would say I hope I would say that that's a given, but in this day and age, yeah, I I, I would say I, I second that. It's not a given. It's a high uptick. I don't even think heroin will be that popular up in this day and time. But I see so many 20 to 24 year olds, that little age range that are overdosing and dying of fentanyl and heroin um mix heroin. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. Whatever you're trying to escape from, please try to find a healthy way to escape from it. Do not do it via drugs because these drug dealers are stepping on drugs, they're mixing drugs. They don't give two fucks about you. All they want is the money. And then if you die, they'll just get somebody else. So, Odie, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are Glamour Magazine needs to shut the fuck up forever. Um, I think they they recently came out with like ranking Beyonce's happy belated birthday to my queen I stand for. Uh, she just turned 40 this year, so it's a milestone birthday. She's been making music for a really long time, um, the majority of her life. And they fucked around and put Kitty Cat uh, and the fucking Sugar Mama song. I sing, I say lines from that song all the time. Real fans love those songs. I don't even think they should have had a worse category, but certainly Sugar Mama and Kitty Cat would not be on it. Kitty Cat is a bop. Um, it's right there with me, myself, and I, because she's letting you know what she's going to do uh, for, for her man that when her man doesn't act right. So I think Glamour Magazine should sit this one out from now on. Um, but I have thoroughly enjoyed Beyonce's music over the years and look forward to more. The VMAs are next Sunday. I will be watching because I want to see what she's doing. Um, and she will allegedly be there. So that's all I got to say on that. Yeah. So, and I figure I'll save it all for Wednesday. <laughs> so Mr. Blue, play us off, sir. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown Podcast featuring his shows such as 360 Degrees with Odie and Mercer Prescott and sometimes others and 300 and Politics with Mercer Prescott with Mercer Prescott and most of the time Felipe Blue. Available on all streaming podcast stations. That's The Urban Breakdown. Yeah. This episode brought to you by Poddex, decks of cards that give you the best interview options. You can get any of their five physical decks or coffee mugs or t-shirts at the website www.poddex.com and you can use the code MORETHANTHERAPY for 10% off your order. That's Poddex at www.poddex.com.